listening to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. This is Lauren and Shannon, teacher training duo of TefelHorizons.com. Each week, we bring you teaching advice, travel tips, and inspiring stories from around the globe. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and welcome back to Expand Your Horizons, the TEFL Horizons podcast. I am Shannon, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, everyone. And we are recording here in Boston today, and we want to continue in this episode our discussion of how to teach a listening lesson. So we talked about this in the last episode that the two of us did. Um, And so just to review, if you didn't catch that last episode or just as a reminder, um, we're talking about teaching listening comprehension in terms of it being its own skill. So when we say listening comprehension, we don't mean anytime the students are listening to anything. So even though technically anytime the students are listening to English, they're technically listening, right? Um, We're still talking about teaching a listening lesson as its own separate intentional skill focus, if that makes sense. Um, So that doesn't mean that that anytime the students are just having a conversation, they're practicing listening comprehension because they're listening to someone, or that the students are practicing their listening comprehension just when they listen to you give instructions. Uh, We mean that we want to make intentional time to help the students practice listening by listening to an audio recording, for example. Right. And the reason we want to help them be better listeners in the classroom is actually to be better listeners in real life. And so when we think about helping our students develop their listening skills, it's really important to keep in mind sort of uh, the types of situations that they'll get uh, get into in real life and how we can better train them to to listen in those situations. So very often in course books, you'll see a variety of uh, listening tasks. For example, listening to conversations, listening to a lecture. it could also be, you know, like somewhat uh, just listening to a, a review of a movie or something like that. So like, uh, or uh, listening to um, like a, a news segment, uh, things that students might listen to in real life. But in the classroom, using appropriate tasks, we create sort of a bridge right between the classroom and real life listening. Exactly. And just the same way that we don't listen to the same things the same way in real life, right? Like you're not going to listen to an announcement at the airport um, the same way that you would listen to a podcast that you're really interested in. Um, We want to help students practice different types of listening in the classroom. So we have these things called sub-skills. If listening is the skill, there are different types of listening, and so these are the different listening sub-skills. You might remember when we talked about reading sub-skills, it's going to work in a pretty similar way for listening. So when we talked about reading, a quick review was reading was the skill, and then we had these three different sub-skills or types of reading. We had skimming, scanning, and reading for detail. Um, If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'll link to that episode in the show notes that you can go back and review. Um, Listening is going to be, as I said, very similar. Um, At first thought, you might think that that doesn't make sense. If, you know, skimming, for example, with reading involves looking over the text very quickly. So you're spending maybe just a minute reading very quickly over the text to get the main idea. Well, with listening, that's kind of tricky. You can't exactly skim listen because you can't speed up the audio. You can't speed up um, how quickly you're able to listen or comprehend the text, right? Um, But 
you can still take that same principle and you can listen just for the main idea or listen you know, just for the general information, just for the gist. So that is kind of how we skim listen. So instead of calling it skimming, we just call that subskill listening for gist or listening for the main idea. Okay. Um, we also have scanning in reading, um, moving your eyes very quickly over the text to get very specific bits of information. Again, you can't speed up your listening, um, but you can listen for very specific details or very specific bits of information. So we can have listening for specific information as another subskill. And then finally, we can have listening for detail. So we have those three subskills that you can help students practice in the classroom. Lauren, how might you choose which of those subskills to focus on in a listening lesson? So Subschools are really dependent on what the students are listening to. Very often, in general, we give the students two tasks, and each task has a, is, uh, focuses on a different subskill. So the first one might be listening for gist, whereas the second one would be listening for detailed comprehension. That's not always the rule, because it depends on task. So for example, um, I might not listen for the general idea of um, uh, an announcement in a train station because the general idea is, well, they're announcing the train time and destination. It's much more natural to listen for specific information in that case. So choosing uh, the subskill and the task uh, that you do with a do in class is very dependent on the listening itself. Mm-hmm. Again, course books will, will usually do a very good job at, at choosing that for you. So pay attention if you're using a certain course book, what types of tasks the authors have assigned to the listening. Um, it, they usually have a reason for doing so. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get into these different subskills in a little bit more depth. We'll go over a little bit more what they are, how they actually practice these different types of listening, and then give you some examples of actual tasks that you could use to practice each of the subskills in a listening lesson. So the first one we mentioned was that listening for gist, or in other words, getting students to listen for the main idea of the audio. Um, So this means, of course, again, you can't control the speed of the audio or the speed at which students are listening, but you can control what you're asking them to listen for. So the way you are getting students to practice these different types of listening is all in the task that you're giving them. If you remember from the last episode we did on teaching listening, it's very important to give the students a task before you push play, so something to listen for. Um, so getting them to listen for the main idea is going to require giving them a very general kind of task. Uh, so something we mentioned briefly in the last episode about this was um, the example of letting students choose the correct title for the audio. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're listening to some sort of short lecture. It could be, you know, choose the best title for this lecture um, or choose the topic of the lecture. Another pretty good listening for gist kind of task could be maybe you give the students three or four pictures and they have to put the pictures in the correct order the, like the sequence of events, basically, as they hear them occur in the audio. If it's something like a conversation between two people, then a really nice listening for gist task is something about students figuring out the relationship between the two people or maybe the mood of the conversation, because yes. that's also very general information. The students don't have to understand all the little details in order to know how the people feel about each other. Right. Good. Um, so those are all very helpful tasks you can try for general information tasks. 
Good. The next uh, sub-skill that we want to talk about is listening for specific information. So specific information, um, you might remember if you listened to our episode on reading, um, specific information is little bits of information that you pick up from a text, from an audio or from a written text. Um, Very often, there are things like numbers, dates, names. So things that if they were in writing, you could actually put your finger on in the text. Um, In a listening, there are little bits of information that students can pick out of the audio. So uh, for example, um, in a text, I used to teach a text about the history of coffee, um, which (laughs) I was really into. Um, I'm sure you were. (laughs) And so the specific information task was to fill out a chart Um, And the chart was all um, matching information to numbers. So dates and then quantities and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So specific information. Uh, Listening for specific information um, requires students to listen carefully, um, but not in the same way, uh, for example, that they're listening for gist, right? So gist is the general idea, is a sort of more global understanding, whereas uh, listening for specific specific information is going to take a bit more of a careful lesson or uh, listening for specific details. Exactly. Yep. And I just want to point something out. Lauren, you used the word text a minute ago. Um, that can trip people up sometimes yeah. because they think of text as as just being writing, like a, a written text. But we use text interchangeably, whether we're talking about an audio text or a written text. So this is also a text that the students are listening to instead of reading when we say text. Um, Okay, great. So that brings us to the third sub skill we mentioned, which is listening for detail. So this is getting into more subtleties of the text, not just specific bits of information like names or dates, but actually more intricate aspects of the text, like the hows, the whys. This is where students need to have a deeper understanding of what's really going on, even kind of understanding, you know, what's happening between the lines, maybe. Um, in terms of their comprehension. Right. It's just a a side note here. It's a good thing to point out listening for specific information and listening for detail are different subskills. So specific information, bits of information, detail refers to detailed comprehension. And sometimes that terminology can be a little tricky. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Again, specific information is going to be things like names, dates, numbers, like I like your way of describing it, Lauren, something you can actually put your finger on yeah. in the text, um, whereas detail isn't just something you can point to and say, look, it's this exact word that's the answer. Right. It's going to be more you need to have understood and processed the deeper meaning of the text to understand what's right. happening. Um, so these do tend to be more open-ended questions, as I said, like how, why, um, really understanding that kind of information rather than just yeah. a number. And you might notice that students uh, won't be able to answer those questions right away. So what would be the solution? Right. So this is not something that probably just takes one listen. Um, Listening for detail task is probably going to come later on in the lesson after you've already given the students something like a listening for gist task or maybe a listening for specific information task. Um, This is probably not the first listening task you're going to give them is not going to be listening for detail. So we can assume once you've gotten to this listening for detail task that the students have already done, hopefully, a listening for gist task, maybe also, or instead of that, a listening for specific information task. So they've gotten to listen to the text at least once already for an an easier or more general reason. 
Now they're going back and listening again to get more detail out of it. So they've been primed for this if the lesson is is running smoothly. Um, and it, it's okay if the students don't get all the information the first time. Um, we talked about this in the last episode on teaching listening, but let's say you're going over the answers to your listening for detail task and you notice that a couple of the answers are missing or the students aren't sure about a couple of the answers. That's okay. You can leave those blank in in writing them on the board or whatever you're doing. And then actually, instead of confirming the answers for sure or just telling the students the answers, go back and play the audio again and let students try to listen for the stuff that they missed the first time around. And you can repeat that cycle more than once. I mean, that can happen then again. Maybe they get a little more information the next time. Get what you can out of them and then play it again to repeat that pattern to help develop their comprehension. Right, because the point of a listening lesson is to help students be better listeners. And so uh, by giving them multiple chances in order to to do that better, right, we're helping them um, uh, develop their listening skills. Exactly. The point here is not to have students have understood every single word at the end of the lesson or to have understood every single thing. It's just to develop their listening comprehension skills. So even if they don't walk away feeling like they understood every single word, um, I mean, that's just probably not going to happen no matter what. Um, We want them to walk away feeling like each time they were able to get a little bit more out of it, Mm -hmm. even if they didn't get everything. Right. And that really does help build their confidence. It does. Uh, We want to, you know, help train them to be more independent listeners because one day they won't be in your class anymore. Right. So types of listening for detailed tasks, these could be things like true and false. As I said, these Mm -hmm. could be things like open-ended questions. Um, I think a point worth making, something that teachers sometimes still get confused about is a true or false exercise. They ask, is that a listening for detail exercise or is that a listening for specific information exercise? No. It could be either. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> what differentiates these is what you're at, what kind of information you're asking about. So a true or false statement like, um, true or false, the company was founded in 1902. Mm-hmm. Test yourself. Is that going to be listening for detail or listening for specific information? If you said specific information. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Because that is a date, right? That's a number. That's a very specific bit of of information in the text. Um, something like, I don't know, the founder of the company wanted to be rich and that's why he started it. Yeah. That might be more like a detailed question as long as it doesn't literally say in the text he wanted to be rich, right? right? As long as the wording is a little bit different. Um, right. He had dreams of wealth in his whatever. <laughs> you know, in sure. His I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's going to be more like listening for detail because yeah. it... it causing the students to have to read more closely and understand more subtlety about the text. Good. You know, teachers do sometimes sometimes ask us, though, like, how can we help further develop our students' listening skills? Right, like um, after these just yeah. specific information details so kind you've, of tasks. you've gotten through the, yeah, right, you've gotten through the sort of the main, like the meat of the lesson, right? And perhaps you have a little bit of time left at the end. What are some other things that you can do to help your students be better listeners? And so we've come up with a couple of ideas. Uh, one thing we found really useful is to help students better understand connected speech. By connected speech, what I mean is uh, the the way we the way we speak, right? The the uh, the way we we link sounds together between uh, between words. So mm-hmm. we don't speak like this. We speak like this, 
right? And so there's a lot of sort of what I like to call smushing of sounds between words in English. This can be hard for students to understand um, in an audio. Mm-hmm. And so we were thinking that it might be it might be interesting if you have like a, a copy of your your transcript of the audio tra- transcript to hand it out um, and and highlight and highlight some of the the sections in which the the speaker has used connected speech. Um, so instead of like maybe the the speaker instead of saying like what are you doing they say what are you doing. So if you can't hear the difference again, what are you do- doing versus what are what are you doing? The connected speech, and it's really interesting because your students have these sort of like aha moments, like oh, like I just thought that was one giant word. That's like four words, <laughs> right? Um, and so sometimes seeing it in print does help. Now in the uh, previous episode about listening that we did a few a couple weeks ago, um, we did point out that uh, we we don't always like to hand out the the transcript certainly not during the listening um activities but this is one of the times where the transcript can actually be really useful yeah is where students can see like how something's written versus something how something is said right right and i can give you an example of this so something a lesson that i have planned that i really like teaching with uh, some of my advanced classes is um, I do a lesson on a, a movie. It's a, a film that's just on YouTube. It's a normal kind of romantic comedy. And the scene is a couple at dinner on a first date. Huh. Um, and the first date is not going terribly well. Um, and so I set it up like a normal listening lesson like we've just described. So f- first time we listen, um, the students have a listening for gist task, which is basically how is the date going? Is it going well or not? And why do you think that? So very general Students listen, just how's the date going? Why? Um, Second time, so second listening task, they have more comprehension questions. So um, I don't think I do true or false. I think they're open-ended. But for example, why does she get offended when he says that he's a software engineer or whatever? Um, So, you know, more detailed questions. And that honestly usually takes at least two times of listening, if not more. Um, and then after the students have done all of that, so they've listened for gist, they've listened for detail, and they've had several opportunities to go back over and get all the answers and feel good about those questions. Then the third thing I do is an exercise like this, where I actually give the students the transcript and give them highlighters, and we listen again, and this time they highlight anything that looks very different in writing from how it sounds. So anything where they're like, whoa, that <laughs> that did not sound like what I'm seeing here on the page. They highlight it, compare answers with their partner, um, and then we go over it. So we actually do some modeling and drilling of the connected speech so they can feel how what's on the paper actually sounds when we say it quickly. Yeah. I think that's an awesome task for a, um, you know an upper intermediate or advanced class. I think they yeah. have a lot more language awareness than maybe the lower levels do. But and I think you can... kind of st- what they need at yeah. that point. Yeah. I think you can still do something really similar similar with lower levels, though. Mm-hmm. But you might have to control it a little bit more in, exactly. in that you point out the, the connected speech, right? So you point out the words on the page versus how they've heard it. So you might have to lead them to the, that answer a little bit more. But I think it's still a really great task. Definitely. And keep in mind that with lower levels as well, like if... If you're doing a pre-intermediate listening lesson that's from a, from a course book, the audio will already have been graded down a bit. Yes. Like they're already sort of taking out some of those features of connected speech. The 
the speakers are going to be speaking more slowly, more clearly already right. to not overwhelm these poor pre-intermediate students yeah. versus the lesson I'm talking about with an advanced class. It's a, it's a Netflix audio clip. Right. Um, so there is no grading. It's designed for, or no, when I say language grading, I mean making it easier. Um, it hasn't been made easier or adapted at all, right? It's just designed for normal, proficient yeah. speakers of English. Um, so this is, again, something that we can do as like an above and beyond kind of listening activity. If you try to do this before the students have done any of the other comprehension work, like before the gist, before the detailed listening, it's really not going to mean anything to them at all. Like you need to have supported students before this by making sure that they're already mm -hmm. very comfortable with the content of the audio. Like they've gotten the main idea, they've gotten more details. Now we can go into the really nitty gritty stuff and help them understand this more natural pronunciation. Nice. Right. Um, what else? So final thing, what if students are still having trouble understanding, let's say, answering the detailed questions? Right. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, they they might struggle, you know, and you've and you've played it several times um, and you realize that there's still, you know, quite a few students that don't have the answers on their paper. So what do you do? Yeah. So I think a really helpful thing that you can do is encourage students when they're checking their answers with their partner to make predictions or to to make logical conclusions mm -hmm. like okay so you didn't understand you know let's see one of the speakers said something and you didn't really understand the response encourage students to use their common sense and guess what the speaker might have said you know so okay this person said this you heard that you understood that for sure what would a logical response to that be right somehow help the students try to use their knowledge of context to make a prediction based on what they were able to hear and then let them go back and listen again and see if they were right see if they if they could catch more of of what was yeah, said i like that a lot and the funny thing is we do this in real life without even realizing it mm. i think we rely on this skill even in our native language um, way more than we even realize yeah. we do. I think so much of listening comprehension is not literally hearing things, but actually knowing what is probably being said, like knowing what fits in a particular context and then sort of filling in the gaps yeah. as you go. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. So just to recap, um, we listen in English to different things in different ways in real life. Well, in any language, <laughs> but in real life, we, we listen to different kinds of things in different ways, right? So that's the same thing that we want to help students do in the classroom by practicing different listening sub skills. So those sub skills that we mentioned were listening for gist, um, or listening for the main idea. Also listening for specific information or listening for little bits of information. And then also listening for detail or listening for the hows, the whys, the more complex aspects of the text. Yep. So comprehension. Exactly. And hopefully you have found this useful. Try <laughs> some of this out. I think the big takeaway message that we're trying to, to really convey here is that um, listening doesn't just happen immediately. Listening comprehension, I mean, doesn't just happen immediately. So students are going to need to listen to the same audio multiple times in the lesson, and every time they should have something set in advance that they're listening for. Yeah. Um, if that's the one thing that you take away from these, that's already going to help your students and help your listening lessons be more effective. That's great advice. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, as always. 
Uh, we love your support. We love knowing that you're out there. Um, we've gotten some some really wonderful emails even in the last couple of days. Um, some of you reaching out to us and just saying how much you've enjoyed the podcast. And it honestly makes our day. It makes our week <laughs> when we get those. So yeah. And thank, thank you, you so, so much, much also to those of you who have reviewed us on iTunes. It's such a nice surprise to to log in and, and uh, see your comments. So thank you. Yes, we are up to eight um, ratings now and five actual reviews. We are so excited. So if you want to be at the ninth uh, rating <laughs> and the sixth review, um, you can be that lucky person. Head over to Apple Podcasts. I guess it's called now, not iTunes anymore. Um, head to Apple yeah. Podcasts <laughs> and um, I'll link in the show notes. Um, even a couple lines. Oh my God, it means so much to us. Yeah, that's great. And also, uh, you can find us on social media. So we're on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, We're trying something new on Instagram um, in our stories. So we're not going to tell you what it is, but check us out. Um, And of course, uh, send us uh, any any comments, questions, feedback. We love it. Email info at tefalhorizons.com. It goes directly to us and we get super excited and we write back. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. Feel free to leave a comment below if you enjoyed this and let us know what you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. If you know other teachers and travelers, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them too. And tune in this coming Tuesday for our next episode. Until then, you can find us at tefalhorizons.com. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons. Horizons.